0: Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to True Modern Christian. This is our first podcast, and uh, we're, today we will cover some definitions of Christianity that we see in the world today and how that fits in with the idea of a true Christian. And um, so my name is Scott Galbraith, and I am not a pastor I am not the leader of a church. I am just a guy who uh, has a very human past um, that I can tell you a little bit about now. Uh, First, let me just say that... uh, I was a hardcore atheist for many many years I uh, had a concept of God and that I abandoned uh, at some point in my 20s and decided that I would no longer have anything to do with God uh, and better yet that there was no God and I walked away completely from any acceptance of hearing about God people talking about God I um, I was uh, intellectually, verbally violent against God, and uh, and and couldn't believe that people would believe that. So that's where I came from. And there's a time where I uh, there's a time in my life that um, I was not near death. I was not uh, in prison or in an accident. Uh, uh, there was nothing. Um, that you might hear about some people have a a very traumatic incident and they realize, uh, a a need for God or a desire to, for God. Um, for me it was, uh, in a second I had a heart change and it wasn't me that did it. It was God. And so let's get into a little bit about what, what I mean when I say God, because you hear it thrown around quite a bit in today's society. Um, There are a great many uh, pointers uh, to different people that regard themselves as Christians or state they are Christians. Uh, When I say Christian, I mean uh, someone that has a relationship with Christ. I don't mean religion. I don't mean um, Catholicism, Mormonism, uh, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. I don't mean... Um, universalist, new age. I don't mean people that uh, are Christian because they live in America. So obviously, God bless America. That means I'm a Christian. I'm going to heaven. No, what I mean when I say Christian is how I regard a big C Christian. This is a Christian. And that means a relationship with Christ, a relationship with Christ. It's not a set of rules. It's not things you have to do uh it's it's an actual admission that there is nothing you could do to qualify for God's love as a human being. we are fallen, and there is nothing that we can do to qualify for God's love. so that's what I talk about. I say Christian and I mean um a relationship with Christ and I've say that over and over and over again because uh there's so many false religions out there, and there are so many um things that that people will point to and say, "Oh, look, that's a Christian." Yuck! I don't, I don't want to be a Christian. And what they're usually pointing to is some f- a human frailty in a person that has said, or associated themselves with, or given them the image of being what they would call a Christian. Um, and I can give an endless amount of examples on that, uh, and and maybe I will at some point. Um, but. There's a there's an admission that there's nothing we can do to qualify for God's love. End of story. And even the best of us, even our, uh, and as it says in the Bible, our, our most righteous moment is as a filthy rag to God. I'm not going to quote a lot of scripture because I don't have a lot of scripture memorized. I read the Bible every day. I read Old Testament, I read New Testament, and I have now for... Um, uh, eight years, eight years, every single day, um, and so I, I believe that the Word of God is in the Bible. That the Bible is inerrant. If there's something that I disagree with or can't understand, or uh, that I look at and I and I think, well, that's just crazy. Um, I, I have to put that pridefulness aside and say, you know what, this is God's word, I'm going to believe it. And immediately that will raise people's hackles that have any uh, anything against God or against the Bible, that yes, it's been translated over the ages and so many times that obviously you can no longer have any idea if that's what it actually said, um, all those kind of things. So uh, I would just like to talk a little bit about that, because... I, and most of these things that I talk about, it's because of where I came from. I was an atheist, and I believed all these things. That um, there's that it's ridiculous to hold value or put value in this book, and especially how would you uh, how would you dare to regard something this old text that's been translated over and over, and there's been political climate change, and there's been. Um, all of the influence of various it could be kings, it could be leaders or tyrants or uh, other humans that have influenced this. And I'll tell you um, here's my take on it that I don't believe there is a single valid 100% as God intended version of the modern Bible in English except for the King James Version. And the reason I say that is because of the the rigor with which the King James Version was translated. Um, people can freak out about this. That's okay. Um, I, I may have argued it too a, a long time ago, but after looking into the the different groups responsible for most of the modern translations there are are groups with a definite agenda that are against God. They are trying to reduce God. They're trying to make God smaller and most every translation of the Bible other than the King James does exactly that. And you'll find it um, maybe we'll one time we'll do a show on uh, many of those aspects where they try to reduce, how big God is. Um and it, it can, and they can be so slight. The changes are so slight. There's just things that um we have to be aware of. Um and and so part of this podcast being a modern Christian, being a true modern Christian uh means adhering to pretty much how Paul put what a Christian is. Um, Christ describes what became a Christian, and then Paul gave us a lot more elaboration on what it means to be a Christian. And it's important that today, when there are so many distractions, when there are so many things that are against God, and, and we can see the world getting darker and darker. Everywhere we look now, we see darkness uh, becoming normal, becoming accepted, becoming good. Like, oh yeah, all my best friends will be in hell, so that's okay. Okay. That kind of stuff where we've accepted bad as good and we've been told uh, what's wrong is actually right. And our society is moving more and more towards that darkness to where we are moving towards the time that we read about in Revelation, where people, uh, where Christians uh, will be. Heavily persecuted. They already are in many places around the world. Um, today, there are many areas that you would be killed for being a Christian. There are people that are that are being killed, um, whether it's by a Muslim, whether it's by someone from some other religion that's been told that uh, anything but theirs is wrong. And so Christians are being killed and persecuted in America. We haven't seen that. We might get our feelings hurt as a Christian. Somebody uh, might be like, well, you're stupid, or you believe that mythology, or wow, poor you with no brain and don't believe in science um, to have to rely on your God. Well, those are some other great other great discussions that will have um, God as the creator of science, and all science points to God, and everything. every scientist is merely observing and reporting on what God has created. And and the scientists that actually apply true scientific rigor and the laws of physics and natural scientific process and inquiry, the folks that actually do that, uh, at some point, despite the resistance to God, they are overcome with uh, the need to admit there has to be a God or there has to be this magnificent creator because of the order that is in the universe um, true science will always point to God because it's of God and so anytime you so if if you are a Christian and you you know people have been beating up on your beliefs have been beating up on a Christian as ridiculous and how you must believe in a flat earth well the Bible actually says the earth is round um, it was the first book to know that uh, about what 3,500 years before science said, hey, the earth is round. Well, the Bible already said it was round. The very first sentence in the Bible says that we live in a multidimensional universe, that God, obviously outside of time, outside of our universe, created our universe. So it tells us that there's all these dimensions that science today is speculating on. Is there 10 or 11? Um, How many, is there infinite amount of universes? But we are... But science is coming to acknowledge this multidimensional universe beyond the the three and four that we talk about here. Um, so the Bible said that very first sentence. Um, we see things in the Bible about the expanding universe that it took us until the 20, 20th century, late 20th century, early 21st century before science said, hey, the universe is expanding exponentially uh well the bible already talked about the expanding universe um jesus his first miracles uh when he made water into wine at the wedding and the host said wow you have uh you've made you've gave the you saved the or you gave the best wine first this is amazing normally people save the best wine uh for themselves or they use a little bit up front, and uh, then they can give people garbage. The more uh, imbibed they get, and uh, he's like, "But you, you gave the best wine this whole time. This is amazing," and um, and and what it took to make the best wine. Uh, Joseph Prince talks a little bit about it, uh, and he's, uh, uh, you know, he ha- he has a lot of true Christianity, and then he has a lot of things that are very worldly. Um, so you always have to. Uh, use discernment when you're listening to anybody listening to me listening to Joseph Prince listening to any of the any of the preachers um I'll tell you you know most tv preachers you should walk away from uh that there there's a lot of garbage on there and it's a lot of worldliness uh and and that is not what Paul talked about Ta- Paul did not talk about uh be as worldly as you can and it's very difficult in t- today's society. Anyways, oh sorry, back to um back to Jesus' first miracle, which is making the water into wine. So uh, and the two things he points out is that the first is that to make good wine you have to have the orchard it has to mature, you you couldn't make good wine the first year, the second year third year, The the it has the vineyard, sorry, has to mature and the grapes and the vines have to mature and they develop their character and then through that over time then you get a grape worthy of wine and then to make that wine generally requires the aging process, so you, you'll want years uh, 10 years, uh, 20 years before you can you have the best wine so Jesus did that in an instant he said fill those barrels boom it's wine and um, so it showed that he was the master of time that that he could compress time into an instant in those what 10 15 20 years whatever it is to make amazing wine he just compressed it uh, and did it in an instant so he is outside of time he's a master of that time and then we see uh, and Forgive me, I'm not good with the names, uh, so I may not remember things exactly, but I'm just talking to them as I know them conceptually, really. Um, But uh, the man whose daughter was dying and said, oh, you you have to come heal my daughter. And he said, okay, I will. And so it was a couple days uh, that he it said he stayed in the city he was in before he— and they said, oh, never mind, uh, they died. And he's like, no, nah, they're just sleeping, they're fine. Um, and at that moment that he said that, that person was healed. And so he didn't have to be in proximity. They didn't have to touch the hem of his robe. He didn't have to. But more importantly, that person had didn't ask for healing, didn't know Jesus would heal them. That person didn't... Uh, do the right thing. They didn't have their life together. They didn't have faith in Christ. They didn't um, do anything. Somebody asked, Jesus said yes. And that person was healed from nowhere in proximity. So he's a master of space. He doesn't have to be in the same space as that person. Far away, he healed them. So he's outside of space and time. These are two things that are just mind-boggling and science has no answer for science can't address these things yet, and science will keep trying because, like I said, science comes from God. It's the mere observation of what God does and reporting back on those observations, then giving it some names, uh, putting procedures into place to hopefully test it again, uh, and then we get quasi science or just absolutely bogus science, uh, like the um, <laughs> like like evolution, or like oh yeah, if you just wait long enough some gases in an atmosphere will somehow have life given into them and they will become a living entity and you will then start to grow things that later on will become a human being. And you have to go through a globby stage, and then you get some legs or arms, maybe, and then, after a while, you'll decide you need some eyeballs and so you'll get those and and then uh if you wait long enough, you'll be making space shuttles and ipods or and uh ipads and and computers, and then you'll have a i and all that, but you just have to wait long enough and the and anything can come to life and and that's the belief in evolution. And when you extend that out to anything else, if you said, hey, what do rocks become in evolution? Everybody knows they just become sometimes smaller rocks. You know, they break down or they erode um, and they might be a smaller rock over time. But nobody says that a, that a rock, uh, if you wait long enough, will uh, drive a sports car because that's nonsense. And everybody knows that, but there's a fear of believing in God. And that's that's really what defines an atheist or defines somebody that thinks they are wise in their own eyes um it defines them is that they think they know better than god and so they make up these ridiculous things because the alternative is if you looked at the world honestly and scientifically the alternative is saying yes there's a god and and they don't really want to do that because they want to be god um and that is unfortunately that's part of human nature is that we have the pridefulness that is always competing with god um but that and so in today's world where we are at with that uh that desire to compete with god when we say we're a christian and we put our reliance on god that it's a never ending battle because we don't know how to rely on god we Have always tried to rely on ourselves, and we try to. When when something needs done, we we address it. We come up with a plan. We start moving. We start walking towards it. We do something. We do whatever, and and the most bizarre things happen uh, when we do that. And sometimes we just we walk ourselves out of God's plan for us, Um, and that. You know that might bring up other topics like destiny and all that stuff, which I don't believe in. Um, but we we see like from when the from when Israel was liberated from Egypt, we saw the people that God put in place to bring them out of Egypt, to bring them out of slavery, and then we saw their reaction to it the the frequent murmuring, the frequent like oh at least we had garlic and and onions when we were in Egypt. Now we're just out here and we're going to just die. And we had water. Now we don't have any water. And God just wants to kill us. And and how true is that for us still today? We can read their account, and we'll and we look at it and we'll say, you know how silly. You know if you are magically getting bread out of the sky. <laughs> Wouldn't you have a little faith that somebody was taking care of you? We think like that until we look at our own life and how many times uh, throughout any given day are we uh, looking at a particular situation going, oh, what do I have to do to make this work? Uh, why isn't God taking care of this? Why We're, we're still subject to the same doubts, uh, the same fears, the same uh, disregarding of God and um, and that's what it is to be a modern Christian. There's a, there's 10 million, uh, there's an endless amount of distractions in any given day, and we can easily find ourselves looking at those distractions, which is the power of the prince of the air. That's his desire, is to keep us from looking at God. And then how often do we find ourselves um, changing our viewpoint, looking up instead, and and, uh, and and we're given so many examples. Oh, the Bible's just so great. We have so many examples. Um, I, was it Peter that was in the ship when Christ came to uh, to them on the water? And he was walking on the water. And they're like, ah, it's a ghost. And he's like, no, no, it's me, guys. And they're like, and Peter, I think it was, was, I'm like, oh, hey, Lord, call me out to you. Let me walk on the water. And And Christ was like, come on out. It's great. The water's fine. And uh, so he came out and he's like, hey, look, I'm walking on the water. This is awesome. Oh, no. What about this storm around here? And what, what about all this that's happening? Oh, oh, no. And then he starts sinking. And he's like, oh, Lord, help me. And, of course, naturally, every time we cry out to the Lord, he, he puts his hand down, helps us out. And he's like, you know, why didn't you have faith? And it, and and so many people talk about this, but it was when he took his eyes off christ and looked at something else is when he began to sink and so that's what we have to keep in mind that's what a modern christian is we have to know that uh, as soon as we take our eyes off christ is when the things start mounting the the troubles the wolves are at the door the things begin happening that we don't care for so much and then that peace that Again, Christ said, I leave my peace with you. So his peace has to be absolute. Can you imagine if you were just able to receive that package, like Amazon delivered peace to your door, and you open that package, and uh, and you just suddenly you had perfect peace. Um, that's what he left with us, that perfect peace that we're always clamoring for fighting for trying to achieve well maybe I'll practice meditation and yoga and maybe I'll you know if I do this and zen or what, you know we're always looking outside looking for something else instead of just looking up so message today is look up see Christ talk to Christ spend time with Christ love Christ love the Father those are the only two things he asked for us love God with all your heart soul being body mind love him just love him And you can love him by knowing what he's done for us. So just love him and then love your neighbor as yourself. So he doesn't say uh, just love your neighbor. and And so that part about as yourself, that is if you're loving God, That is loving yourself. It's the very best thing you can do for yourself is to love God, right? There's nothing better. There is nothing better on the planet that you could do in your entire life from birth to death except for love God. That's the greatest, most healthiest, best type of thing you could possibly do for yourself. Love God. And then love neighbors as as you are loving yourself because you're loving God. So, That's it for today. This is our first episode. So if you like it, uh, please subscribe. Uh, I believe that's below. And uh, we look forward to many future sessions where we all spend time together just looking at what it means to be a true modern Christian. Love you all. Have a great day. Bye.